welcome to the Mom Voice. This is Lauren and Sarah with episode 47. Okay, Lauren, I don't know about you, but I'm loving where I live a little bit more today. Yes. Because we have a special guest with us, Miss Jade Bennett. Hello, hello. Hi, girls. Hey, hi. so fun. I know. We're so excited. Um, before we jump into the introduction, I just want to say, um, please take a moment to go um, subscribe to the show if you don't mind. And if you are a listener, please leave us a rating and a review, especially on iTunes. It really helps us um, and we would really appreciate it. Okay. Um, so yes, we have Miss Jade Bennett in the house. Yes, we do. Um, she is the founder of Finders Keepers Designs, mm-hmm. um, BFF Print Shop. Yes. Love those. Um, mother to three a all-around Instagram personality. Let's be yes. real. Great. No, you no, love for, it. You for really real. are. <laughs> oh my gosh. So fun and entertaining. Um, and then you teach interior design classes as well as like serving clients, right? Yes. I like yeah. to teach women how to design their own homes as well yeah. as do that. it for them. I love <laughs> no, that. No, right? What right? does it teach a man to fish? Say <laughs> whatever like that. Exactly. You know? Exactly. She, she, she does it all and That's she does it well. Awesome. So for our rundown on this episode, um, we are going to start with some burning questions like we always do. So fun. With our guest. And then Lauren, you're going to jump right into the interview. And I think we're really going to try and focus this episode on um, Jade's infertility story. Yeah. Um, you've shared a lot about that on Instagram. And I know it's like a common issue that so many moms out there face. Um, us personally, we haven't really, you've had a little bit of experience with it, Lauren. Yeah. just But not enough to like feel like we can really talk yeah. about it, you know, like knowledgeably. Totally. So we are so excited to have you here. To, I'm excited. To bring the knowledge. Okay. Well, also before we go on, don't forget listeners, friends, everybody to share your mortifying mom moments. Yes. Next up, ep- next week's episode, we are just going to read back some kind of crazy and wild stories. And actually Jade, we did mention, we want you to think of your most okay. mortifying mom moment okay. and it can be child related relationship related even just okay. woman related like, like all anything. of our you know crazy things that we have to deal with yeah it can be anything we like share our mortifying moments to each other oh, all yeah. the time Great. like every week right and i'm just telling something embarrassing i know exactly and we're like how hilarious would that be to like just show all the crazy oh, well and yeah. so jade you don't have to share it today but before you leave us we're gonna get it from you to share next write week. it down yeah. You're and it, so it will it will be anonymous and yes. so listeners you can crazy. guess which you one will be jade they will probably be able to guess honestly did <laughs> yes, if they're my friends from Instagram, they'll know which they'll, one is. They'll know. They'll, they'll know. know. So okay. yes, please um, feel free to DM us anything you want to share. Again, it's, again, it will be anonymously. And so we're just excited to kind of laugh at ourselves and the crazy things we deal with as moms, right? Yep. And the... Um Oh my gosh, what's that called? The handle. Our handle is the Mom Voice Podcast. Just DM it there. Okay, perfect. Um, We are going to jump right in then to burning questions. That's me. I know. She's pointing at me. I'm pointing at Lauren. She's pointing at me. (laughs) Nobody is pointing at me. Holy crap. So this is great. I know. I know. Okay, Jade. Hey, you, Jade. It's all on you. You tell us your answers right now. (laughs) It has been one of those days, you guys. Back off. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Okay, burning questions. Have you ever done this before? No, I'm so excited. Okay, Okay. first thing that comes to your mind. Great. I'm so bad at this. I can't wait. (laughs) Oh, whatever. You are the most spontaneous person I know. Mm -hmm. Okay, here we go. Number one, what was your worst job ever? My worst job ever was truthfully working at a boutique for this very rich woman in Scottsdale who was just incredibly mean. And that was my worst job. She told me when she fired me that she hoped I was more committed to my marriage than I was to this job. (gasps) Oh my gosh. I would have been married for like six months. I was like, 
That is so rude. Anyway, oh, that was my worst job. Fired, like yeah, truly I got fired. fired. Oh, like I'm the sorry. first time I left, and I came back to work for her when I was first married. I worked for her straight out of design school. Came back, and then I was working there again. And she loved me the first time, hated me the second time, oh. and told me I was fired. Basically, oh. yeah, it was the worst. I still hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bad feelings about that. That's amazing. Okay, your celebrity crush. Is always Ryan Gosling. Mm, it yes. always is. Like the notebook status. Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's Ryan Gosling. I'm one, one of the rare breeds that don't find him attractive. Interesting. Right? His personality is cuter okay. than his face okay. to me. Yeah. But he's just so cute. I know. I get it. I get it. Okay. Um, your favorite TV show? All of the housewives of everything. Like I... Literally love them all so much. That's right. You love those. I have never watched one of those a day in my life. You're Which one's out. your favorite city? This is such a difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> she loves it like we love The Bachelor. She was just it's telling true. us she doesn't watch The Bachelor. No, because I can't get into it. But I was telling my husband the other day, if I had to get rid of all television, I would, except for The Housewives of Orange County okay. is so good. But uh-huh. New York is probably, uh, but then it's like Jersey. I mean, how do we... How do you pick? How do you pick a favorite kid? But totally. that's so funny. I see them in the headlines all the time, and I don't know anything about it. And I, you know, we love our TV. It's funny. We just have not gotten into it. So I know. It's a good one. Don't maybe because yeah, it's very it's addicting. addicting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you do, also text me because you'll want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> it's so good. We need a support group for yeah. housewives. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. What's your favorite holiday? Um, Christmas. Yeah, just for the feels. Yeah. Right. Totally. One hundred percent. Are you an early person or a late person? Late person. Like not even. And I read a book once that validated this. Um, It was like one of those live your best life things. And it said, if you're not a morning person, don't force yourself to be. Just do productive things at night that morning people do in the morning. I was like, okay. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. meditate at night and read your scriptures at night. And like, yes. So you're saying you're a nighttime person. Yes. Okay. Yes. Did I answer it wrong? No. Well, well, she was, I think, meaning, are you like a punctual person or are you a late person? Okay. I'm always a punctual person, which is weird. You might not think that about me. I like was punctual to here, but then I will stay in the car respectfully because nobody likes it when someone shows up 15 minutes early. Good for you. It's annoying. Jade, were you sitting outside for 15 minutes? No, like 10, but I was checking DMs really quick and I was like getting some work done, but I'm always early. Good for you. I don't like being Following up, I'm majorly a night night owl too. Which is what I heard. like, yeah, I'm a night person. Me too. You too. We're all, yeah, night owls. Are you night owl? Yeah, yeah, I think most mother mothers most mothers are because you just like want that alone I want time. To preach. So t- yes, except for those annoying ones who get up at five a.m. to take runs, right? Yeah, I'm sorry not. if that's you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you cannot be our friend, but we love you no, so much. I, no, you can't be our friend. I'm so jealous of that. Mom. I actually am too. I want to do that so bad, but that sounds like pure torture to me. I can't get. I've tried it. I've I tried to force it. myself before because it is so. Oh, productive and yeah. it sounds so magical and to be up before your I kids know. and have your mind right. Yes. Ugh, but I had kids that woke up early and then it was pointless too because I'd wake up at five, but I would have had to wake up at 5.30. Yeah. I mean, 4.30, I can't. So right. I know. I know. 100%. Someday, guys. Our day will come. Maybe okay. it will come. 
Well, I feel like I know you a little bit better. Okay, great. That's awesome. That's our burning <laughs> question round. We well, are going to dive right into the interview. Yes. And the beautiful thing about Jade is that she is like everyone's best friend almost instantly. You're and nice. she is, no, you are. You're very good at making, um, just making anyone feel so special and you are like instant best friend. That's and nice. that, and so, yeah, even just burning questions. It's just so fun to chat with you. And I think all of your followers could say the same, that you are just endearing and sweet and engaging mm. and so fun to listen to and laugh with That's every nice. day. I would so. hope that. I would really hope that. So, that yes. makes me feel good. so when we were talking about this subject, we've talked about it for months, like we said, and we wanted to like, it's such a common thing. Like nowadays it's, you know, you know, multiple friends. I mean, a, year, a few years ago, infertility was not such mm-hmm. a common spoken of thing or maybe just as common. I don't really know. But now it's so dominant in our society. That's what I was going to say is I feel like no one talks about it yeah. at, like as openly as um, we should maybe. Totally. Same thing as like mental health Absolutely. and all of like the old school taboo subjects. Taboo, People right. are just like wanting to keep that close. And I don't even know if they share much with their husbands or parents or Agreed. anything, but but yeah, so I'm so excited to hear your perspective on this because I know people personally too that I don't even know like their deep feelings about yeah what happened and yeah. how they process it in their brain and all. So right, um, I mean it is it's such like a um, a journey and a process mm-hmm. and it probably affects one or more of someone directly in your circle or family. So yeah, we just wanted to shed some light, talk about it, discuss. I guess just to get started, Jade, tell us like a little bit about your experience, your background with um, having your children and kind of some of yeah. your fertility battles. First all of all, first of all, that's great. I speak English. Um, one in four women experience miscarriage. And so mm-hmm. when I learned that number after my first miscarriage, which was my first pregnancy that I ever had, um, I was shocked. I was like yeah. one in four, like that's amongst my aunts and my mom and my grandma. I started asking like who's had a miscarriage and my grandma actually told me that she had had one. And Anyways, it was the first time. So the first thing is I had a miscarriage straight out the bat. I got pregnant um, after two and a half years of marriage and got pregnant really quickly. And then at 10 weeks, went in for my normal ultrasound and had to sit there while the doctor told me that the pregnancy wasn't viable, which was truly devastating Mm. at 24 years old. Mm -hmm. You're so excited. You've been waiting for this your whole life. You've got all these hopes and dreams. And it's just gone just like that. Right. Right. It was just so painful. And I remember just leaving, just sobbing, just confused because I'd never really heard about anybody talk about this. My mom never had one. Um, so I thought, oh no, something's like really wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I remember going to church on Sunday. I don't know if you guys talk about church on here. Do you often? Yeah. yeah, Go where? Okay. I'm a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and we bear our testimony sometimes. So I had felt inspired to go up and bear my testimony about my loss and I did it. I'd never heard anyone do it. And I sat down and then I had an interview with my bishop. I was in his office and he pulled me in and he said, you don't know that somebody in the audience, like I know as the bishop needed to hear that. Thank you so much for sharing. And it was the first time in my life I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. talking about your problems helps people. I thought it just helped me Mm -hmm. (laughs) feel better and get it off my chest and say it out loud. And, and that's how I process things is out loud. Totally. So it was very interesting to hear that from him. And it kind of validated I guess the rest of my journey with infertility was that I'm going to talk about it because Mm -hmm. somebody is feeling it and they're not talking about it. Mm -hmm. And if they can find peace in my story or relate to me, um, yeah, I want that too. Absolutely. Right? Yes. So, so you went on to though, to be able to get pregnant. Yes. And you had your first Peyton. Yes. 
And she's how old now? She's almost 11. Oh my God. I had her again. Once again, I got pregnant very quickly. quickly. So I got very quickly pregnant and then had a miscarriage. Very quickly pregnant again within two months is what I would call quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then had her. And then we waited a few years and then we started trying for number two. And then that took five years to get yes. pregnant with my son. Um, I say five years. Truly, it was like three and a half. They're five and a half years apart. Mm-hmm. Then at that point, I didn't get pregnant at all. Not mm-hmm. for years. Right. Like, not at all. And I, I was so confused. Did they ever have any diagnosis or guidance with that when you had this long? Such a good question. First step, I went to my OB. Yeah. I love my OB more than life, but an OB is not a fertility doctor. Yes. Just mm. as far as like giving good advice on here goes. Um, an OB put me on Clomid and Clomid made me insane. Clomid works for some people, but it's when I went to my fertility doctor, she explained it to me that it's an old fashioned drug and that it's really like not as beneficial as Famara and other drugs that they can put you on to help you ovulate. What does the Clomid do? Clomid forces you to ovulate. Okay. So I had a very regular period though. So this was just kind of the first thing that they do is put you on something um, right around when you ovulate to sort of force more eggs or an ovulation. And and when you say it made you crazy or insane, what, what does that mean? So I just got like honestly incredibly paranoid and incredibly scared. Um, I remember what, this was probably the worst that I'd ever felt like mental health wise um, was on Clomid and it hadn't worked. So I was on it for about three months and each month it didn't work. It just built up in my system, I suppose. I'm not a doctor. I just Mm -hmm. have infertility and know what I know. But I, I remember one night sitting on my couch. And so my daughter at this point was like three and a half years old, maybe three years old. And we had done a year of this and a year of that. And we'd gotten to Clomid and, um, I was sitting on my couch and I was crying and I explain it like, instead of sort of wanting to pull myself out of the darkness, which is something I'm familiar with, like dark thoughts or scary things. I like leaned into it and I felt hopeless because it wasn't Mm. working and I didn't know why. And then I had to sleep with the light on like for the next two years. Like Mm. I went to bed near my husband and I was like, trying to fall asleep and having a full panic attack and turned on the light, made him play Scrabble with me on my phone, which we'll talk about husbands, but I have a very supportive husband. And at this point it was new to the both of us. And he woke up, played Scrabble with me on our phones. Like, so my brain could change from what I was spiraling to. And then I had to sleep with a light on. And that sounds so silly. I've actually never said that part out loud. Um, But that medicine really didn't make me feel good. It really didn't. So fast forward to going to a real doctor. And getting on real good medicine. And that medicine made me feel good. Like it made me feel normalized. Yeah, normalized. Right. And yet fertility in itself, the part that people don't understand if you get pregnant naturally. um, And even if you have miscarriage, there's a difference between miscarriage, which I'd had in the past and infertility, which I was having right now. And that was that infertility is like, you have to get up and fight every day. Mm -hmm. You have to have swollen ovaries full of eggs that hurt so bad. And then you have to give yourself shots in your stomach every day, mm-hmm. like for X amount of days and have bruises on your stomach. Um, it was just a real, you gain weight, you feel the craziness or you feel happy, but you still feel chemically yeah. imbalanced. Altered. Oh, yeah. Altered right. for sure. Yeah. And you do this over and over again. And in my case, to no reward, five times we did IUIs. We were then like, do we do IVF? And we decided to take the month off um, in December. My daughter was going to be turning five in February. And I was like, forget it. I'm doing whatever I want. I can remember for the last three years, not eating this kind of food and not exercising too hard and not just being paranoid all Mm -hmm. the time, all the time. 
And it just takes over. It just takes over. It takes over all your thoughts and all your, your day and what you're planning around. Um, do you, but there was no diagnosis. They didn't have anything no. for you to no. tell you, prove anything? This will be just a funny giggling moment, but they had to test my husband's sperm and they tested me yes. for things. Um, my husband's sperm pet came back like triple the amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know, that doesn't mean anything about like your size or your performance <laughs> or any of these things. Like, don't get too cocky he there. He was okay? walking a little taller. Do you know what I mean? For the rest of the day. And I was like, you need to calm down. Yeah. Um, so he was great, which yes. is good because men are actually harder to manipulate their fertility than oh. women. So it is good if he has them. Um, and so he was great. And then with me, some of my numbers were a little off. Yeah. But nothing crazy. Like nothing crazy. My periods were every 28 days without fail. Without fail. No so PCOS. Regular. No nothing. Oh, and that's so discouraging. You almost want oh. that like answer, some fix it problem. Or I was solution. just talking to a friend on Instagram and she was saying, I can't, you know, I'm so nervous to find out what's wrong. And I'm like, it's just as terrifying when nothing's wrong. Yeah. yeah. Or like, more. What are we doing? I don't even know what we're doing. Right. So they increase your odds by IUI, which is just removing the sperm. He would give a sperm sample in the morning. We'd go have breakfast. This was like our routine. We would go back to the doctor and they would have cleaned the sperm and they would then put it through an IUI tube into my uterus. Basically. This is like the... Um, what do you what do yeah. you call it in the turkey, turkey baster? Yeah, the turkey baster. That's why the I've joke heard is that. that. Yes, turkey baster. Yes. So we did that, and I also am on medicine at that point to like make my eggs more. One time, I almost got canceled. They call it because I had too many eggs. Oh wow! So they said, "Well, you're gonna have quadruplets," and I was like, "What?" She's oh. like, "We should cancel you," and I'm like, "What?" And I'm like, no, don't cancel me. Like, let's just see what happens. We do it. Then you don't get pregnant. And it's as if you lost four babies. Oh my, oh my It was gosh. terrible. It would yes. be like the weirdest thing to be like, one night I remember falling asleep thinking, holy crap, I'm going to have quadruplets. Because <laughs> your hope is there. Yes. They're talking to you, hopefully, which is their job. And right. they understand science. It should work. Then on the other hand, you go to take your test two weeks later and you have none. Yeah. And you're like oh my gosh, like I literally thought I was going to have quadruplets. Like, Heartbreaking. As a twin mom, you can only under, like imagine double the work. Oh, like, I know, right. I was panicked and then it's yes. nothing. So the, the disappointment is just so... Bigger disappointment even. So big. It's so big. So are you currently going through things right now? Where are you at it? Where are you at with it right now? So let me jump forward. I then got pregnant in that December that we took the oh, month okay. off, which was advice that we had given, been given, like, just relax, pretend like it's not and happening. And isn't that how it always goes? I was annoyed. That yeah, it actually, it's annoying. My You're story like, actually no. annoys me yeah. because yeah. it's so annoying that when I did, I didn't relax. So the truth is I thought about it every day. I did inhale chemicals and work out really hard. <laughs> Those yeah. were the things that I like used whatever cleaning supply I felt like. And I didn't necessarily yeah, hold back, right. but I got pregnant and I just believe for me personally that it was all God's timing. So yes. that's frustrating and it can be discouraging. Um, I then had my son who is five. And then after I had him, I decided to do no protection and to just wing it because I was infertile. Mm -hmm. Well, I got pregnant the minute I was done nursing and now I have two kids 15 months apart. Isn't that just crazy? So life is weird. Little miracle. <laughs> well, and she calls him Miracle Miles. Miracle Miles. Because he was. I still remember the day that you told us. You, do you remember? I remember George telling and I you. I were late. Yes. And they had played a game. And when, uh, anyways, it, it was a surprise that she was pregnant. I just remember being you so cried with excited. Me. Yes. yes. That was just, and it was. I mean, you always hear that too. The minute they stop trying and doing yep. all the, you know, treatments and, and tests and all the things, 
is like when it came together and like, and, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's so thrilling, but it's so frustrating and strange how it all pans out. And then yes, you had two back to back. So you pretty much had your own little Irish twins almost and busy, busy. I have to say that I don't regret any treatments that I got. Yeah. So I think that it did teach my body how to act and how to do it again. And I think I got pregnant again quickly because I didn't wait and I let my body I just kind of personally believe that your body knows what to do and that IUIs and different treatments from fertility is trying to just push your body along to remember how to accomplish what it knows how to do. Um, Thoughts and feelings I had while I was infertile was I'd be in a spin class and I'd be working out super hard and my body, she'd be like, push harder. And I would, and my body would show up for me and Mm -hmm. I would breathe deeper and I was getting stronger and I was feeling all these things. And I would cry almost every spin class Mm -hmm. because I would think, why can my body do this thing and it can't do the one thing that it was made to do? Yeah. It would be really discouraging and really disappointing. And so if you're in that place and in that moment, just hold on because I do believe that as women and as moms, whether you have kids or not, I was lucky to have one child. I really was. She was comforting and I could hold something and it's a very hollow feeling when you're infertile. Um, and when you've suffered miscarriage, it's just empty arms and emptiness. Um, and so to have her was so great, but then the wanting of her to have a sibling was also terrible and you're stressed and all the things. Um, but no matter what it takes, you'll get your kids here. That's what I teach and preach (laughs) about this one topic is whether it's adoption, whether it's IUI, whether it's IVF, whether that means climbing the biggest mountain financially or emotionally of your life. When you have a mother's heart, nothing can stop you yeah. from getting your kids here. Nothing. Yeah. Mm. Nothing. And it might Perfect. not always be biological. Exactly. And I, I do love that. And so That's there's perfect. so many children out there who mm-hmm. need those parents who will fight and climb mountains for them. And it's like, oh, so. No, that I love that. That's like perfectly said. Um, so kind of, you kind of touched on this, but like, I mean, what was the best way, I guess, first of all, for yourself to mm-hmm. kind of like cope through this, I, exercising and doing Absolutely. those things, but then also like your support system, like how, how did the people around you, how did your husband, how was that helpful to you? Cause I think as women, like we said, we, you know, we know someone going through this yeah. and, um, even myself having a miscarriage and stuff like something I never thought I'd go through. Yeah. I had just easy, a few pregnancies, mm-hmm. pregnant when I wanted to be like just, and twins. then here, yeah, yeah twins totally. out of the blue. And then here I have this like far along miscarriage and it's just a, a thing I just never thought I'd deal with. But I just remember, you know, just kind of like you said, your, your friends show up, people yep. showed up for me. I mean, how to be a good friend to someone who needs this. Yeah. Because I can remember being the friend when that happened. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you're almost like a sister to me. So I can, and we were pregnant within days of each other. I remember this. So I was pregnant with my Luke and she was pregnant with her baby. And I can remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is just going to be heartbreaking. How will I ever be able to talk about him or without her feeling like she lost? So I'm dying to hear from both of you, like is it okay? Like what's, is it too sensitive? Like all the things. So true. Like, how did you feel when people were announcing their pregnancies or talking about their newborns? There's always going to be one person I believe that makes you feel more upset than somebody else. Yeah. Um, but my first takeaway is that I don't want your baby. Mm -hmm. So that's how I felt. That's a good good point. If other people got pregnant, I reminded myself that you're not taking something from me mm-hmm. because you're having a baby because mm-hmm. you're not having my baby. Yes. Right? Right. 
So that helped me and comforted me. Um, there were people in my life, one person who I won't call out specifically that got pregnant while I was infertile and it hurt because I knew it was an accident which is her yeah. right. She had I a hard know. time not getting pregnant, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, I knew she was stressed and overwhelmed and it, it, she wanted it. I'm not judging her. It just was way harder. And she was someone really close to me. Yeah. Family can be harder to process <laughs> than yeah. other people because we hold them to just a more judgmental standard. <laughs> so, <laughs> so other strangers, easy. Friends, easy. Yeah. No big deal. Like, did I cry sometimes a little? Yeah, but not for their pregnancy. It was easy for me to love and find comfort in you being pregnant um, Savannah, who was on your podcast from Classy Clutter, had Ryder while I was um, infertile. And I actually That's loved right. being able to hold her baby and take care of him right. and show up for her that way and let her sleep. And, you know, those things were great. And I loved that. And I was so grateful for friends who allowed me to do that. Um, but I just mostly reminded myself, it's not your baby that I want. It's mine. So yeah. it's not taking something from me and I'm not going to make it about me. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's awesome. Because that's hard to do. Yeah, That is. is really hard to do not to like... Take it personally and consider being jealous almost. Yes, totally. And this is probably a personal question, like from person to person, they might answer it differently. But do you like if a friend like talks to you about it or do you want to kind of just internally process it and I will come to you to talk about it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's a great question. Is it, is it like as a friend on the outside, like should I be asking about it and probing and, you know, helping you process it? Or do I need to like wait for you to come to me? I do think you're right that this is such um, a unique personal question to people because for me who even likes to talk, I prefer if you let me decide because for the most part we want to be treated normal and I there's days I don't want to talk about it yeah I just want to go have fun and I don't want it to be heavy and I don't want it to be I'm trying not to think a distraction about it. absolutely um, my most recent loss was just this summer I lost a baby and a pregnancy and that was probably compared to the first miscarriage the hardest because I really I'd lost one in between. So I've had three kids and three miscarriages. Mm -hmm. After my third, we waited a little bit and it was very overwhelming to have (laughs) little kids. And I found a whole new set of things to complain about that were the opposite of being fertile or infertile, which was having a lot of children. (laughs) And which is, you're allowed, because I think sometimes when we struggle with infertility, we think we're not allowed to complain about these miracles and blessings because we do know how hard they are to get here. But guess what? (laughs) Yeah. They're still hard. Right, <laughs> so, right. so, I try to validate women in that too. I'm like, no, you're allowed to have a really bad mom day. Like just because you fought really hard and you waited a hundred million years, doesn't mean it's not still hard. So yeah. um, I was in that place for a while. Then when we started trying again, I had a really quick miscarriage, like kind of a flash pregnancy test. And then it was gone um, a few days later. And that one didn't affect me very much because I wasn't really in the space to be able to try. It was kind of a quote unquote fluke. I can't remember if we were, tra- I think we were kind of trying anyway. So we just weren't not trying. Right, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, and so I was like, oh no, this is not a good time. And we actually went back on, you know, some sort of birth control. Cause I'm like, this would be too overwhelming. So then this summer had one, a really bad one, to be honest. My first one, I had a DNC with my miscarriage, um, because it was kind of later term and I hadn't started passing it. This one I'd gotten pregnant. The timing seemed miraculous. It was great timing. I was ready for number four. Um, and I was ready to do this. And then I went to the doctor he did an ultrasound and I will never forget just this like blurry, empty picture that I saw. And I was like so confused because I had felt like everything in my life, even like Heavenly Father had told me like, this is your last pregnancy. This is it. So I was like 
this is kid number four, let's do it. Um, and then when it was gone, I was like so overwhelmed and so confused. And my husband was leaving town and with his family for a vacation. So I decided to go to Lake Powell with my in-laws, um, which ended up being the most horrible decision I'd ever made because sometimes miscarriages come quickly. Sometimes they come late. And so she said it could take up to a week or two or three or whatever. Um, and I said, well, can I have a DNC? Cause I wanted that. It worked better. And she said, it looks like you're just going to pass it on your own. So I was like, okay, great. I've never done that before. And that made me feel anxious. And so as I was driving, I mean, not to be too like graphic, but I think women will appreciate the honesty. I started bleeding and I didn't have a pad and I grabbed a diaper and I had to sit for the six hour drive with a diaper between my legs. I had my two little kids with me to go meet my oldest and my husband. Um, and even then I was still naive. I ran into target. I grabbed pads, which are just humiliating with my two little kids. I was bleeding in the bathroom while they're crying at me for help and for love. And I then proceed to drive to the lake and then I start to feel better. And I'm like, I'm okay. I'm going to do this. Then dinner time comes and I'm start feeling horrendous pain. And then it just took a turn for like the worst. Like I was trapped on a boat. Oh my gosh. With no phone, no TV to watch to distract me with a ceiling six inches above my head. If you've ever been on a houseboat, Lauren's been on our houseboat and I'm like feeling like I cannot breathe. Like I'm suffocating. So I proceed to just do a series of events that I'm not necessarily proud of screaming profanities and yelling at my husband and wanting to get to dry land. All I wanted to do was go home. That's what I kept screaming. I want to go home. So my sweet husband who did not know, he knew that it was like kind of unsafe for us to drive. The sun was going down, um, loaded our family on a boat and took me out of there. I mean, after I demanded that he did, yeah, I don't think he would have, if I wouldn't have said the profanities, but he did, he drove me to land and then he drove me home for six hours until midnight. But all I wanted to do was be in my own bed and to pass this baby in a place where I felt safe. So truthfully, that was only a few months ago. And I have been dealing with like the repercussions of that. It was a very traumatic experience. And that's why each miscarriage and each, each loss is so different. Um, the first yeah. one was painful because it was my first and there was no baby and my arms were empty. Um, I remember waking up from the DNC saying, I just want my baby back. I don't care if it's not alive. Yeah. I felt yeah. really empty, really, yeah. really empty. Yeah. And then I was healed by my daughter, completely healed, like completely healed then infertility. And then I saw my son and I was completely healed. So this time to be done and to have now the feelings that that may have actually been my last baby and to try to move on without a fourth kid it's interesting. It's weird. Yeah. It's different. The baby's healed the loss. And this one, I'm kind of just healing on my own. You yeah. know what I mean? On your Are own. you yeah. continuing to try? So or? no, I okay. think that we're done. I'm, I'm not trying to make that decision too yeah. definitively. I'm trying to heal myself. <laughs> but you're at a more peaceful place. I'm at a more peaceful it. place. I feel really peaceful huge. that we're done. Right. Um, which I didn't at first. I thought, okay, this was just a quick, you know, miscarriage. I'm going to try again really fast. And we did try for a few more months. And then it was too overwhelming. Like this one was too traumatic. So I said, I need to stop. Like we need to use some form of birth control right? and I need a mental break. And then as I was on my mental break, I started to feel complete and done and sort of at peace with that. And even the peace, it's still, it's still odd. I have three healthy, beautiful kids. Totally. Don't take that for granted. But I've heard a lot of women say, I feel like I can't talk about how I want a fourth one and I can't get it because I seem ungrateful for the three that I have. Yeah. 
if and that's not fair. I mean, that's not fair because I mean, but I get, I get how some people might say that, but like, you know, because I was similar. Yeah. My miscarriage came at the end and I didn't think we were going to have another one, but then this was me thinking, exactly. Oh God wants me to have one. I was wrong. Okay, here we go. We're going to have this fifth baby. And then, um, when I did miscarry and he, he, the baby wasn't here, then it was the decision, okay, are we meant to try again? Are we meant so to have this true. fifth baby? Are we able to close this door? So it is kind of a weird, and it was, and it was like, but if it had come at the beginning, like one of my first or second, it would have been a totally different experience. It's so interesting. But it was coming after having four healthy children. So I know it is such an interesting process. I mean, um, you touched on your husband here, Ty. Yes. And, um, what a, you know, just little champ he is. Yes. I mean, how has this process, I mean, it's been your whole marriage pretty yeah. much. How does it affect you and his relationship? Such a good question. I'm, I was glad you put this in our chat today because I think it's really hard as women. I'm actually almost going to say something different than I thought I was going to say, which is fun and funny for me to think about. And it's always pro Ty when I wanted to just rat on him. <laughs> um, his name is Ty, by the way. Yeah, so he's great. And he's he is so great. He's so great. And husbands process things very differently and yeah. they are very different. The woman, this is my experience. We are pregnant and we plan their whole life. We really do. Yeah. From oh, the yeah. minute we see a plus sign a pregnant on that pregnancy test and we can't help it. We jot out the next nine months till our due date. Then we jot out the next years till their birthdays. And then we think what age they'll be at school and who their friends will Mm -hmm. be because all your friends are having babies and you really plan their whole stinking life. (laughs) So when you lose that pregnancy, whether it's four weeks, you just found out and you have a flash pan or you are pregnant for much further along like you were, you still lose a whole entire life. And I think, and even your life too. Like I feel like even more so than planning their lives, I was just like recalculating my whole so life. True. It was going to change my whole life. So there and is your such other kids' pers- lives. Yes, it's just the whole family perspective. And, and what you're saying is, men just don't go through that process. They just don't go through that yeah. part. Yeah, I don't think so. When you lose a pregnancy, I think that they they have a loss, and especially this last one, I saw it more in my husband's face. Um, I don't know if it's because we're older. I don't know if it's because it was very traumatic to witness me experience this pain. Um, but you, he still experiences a loss. It's just very different. Right. Um, so I made sure to ask him, like, are you okay? Like, you're yeah. allowed to have your feelings separately from my feelings. Like, right. how are you feeling? Are you, you know, okay? Are you upset? And as best as he could, he expressed that he was sad and that it was difficult. But also, what I do want to say is that the pain and the true person who needs space held for them is the woman. Mm-hmm. It happens to our bodies. Yeah. It happens to our souls. It happens to our hormones. It is different for the woman. It is yeah. harder for yeah. the woman. And I don't know if that will be a popular thing to say or not, but it does. It does happen. And so even the months that have passed, it has been easier for him to move forward right. with hope and whatever else and more difficult for me to move forward. And that's part of our personality in general. Like I'm a worrier and I'm an anxious person and he's very calm and I'm so grateful for that. Um, but there are often times where I feel like I should feel better by now. So the reason I, I love to talk about like relationship stuff is because early in my marriage, when I would just be going through my cycle, let's totally. be honest, I, it would always cause contention for our marriage. Like I would just get super irritable. I would just start raging. You're not doing this. You're not taking yeah. the trash out, blah, 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 blah. I can only imagine like if you have an ongoing infertility, like well, I'm only putting myself in those shoes, like the contention yeah. and the 
the hostility and like all the things I would be taking out on my husband. Mm -hmm. And so I have just learned like with my hormones over the past 10 years, like I just have to give him a warning. Like, yo, (laughs) it's that week. Like I'm going to be hot this week. And I mean like running hot, like I'm coming at you this week. You know what I mean? You just need to like say yes and be quiet and don't fight back. I feel like we have like a really open communication about it now. Whereas it used to be so like, uh, like he's not thinking about me and I'm going to play the silent treatment and this and that and blah, 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 all these games. Like, I feel like just honestly him dealing with me over the past 10 years, we've learned to talk a little bit about it. Absolutely. Do you think as a couple, you've had to like learn how to communicate more? Like I need my space, Ty, I need you to do this for me. Yes. Or is he just that intuitive that he just knows how to react? (laughs) No, he is not. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what man is? No, No, but I'm curious. I mean, I've literally had to say to my husband, I need A, B and C from you. Like, cause he just doesn't get it. I yeah. love yes. you, Jer, but like month after month after month, he just doesn't get it. And so it's literally had to be like, I need you to do this, this, and this, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's the worst thing we can do is when we expect them to think like us. Yeah. And I spent probably the first half of my marriage expecting him to know that when I went, hmm, it oh. meant love me. And when right. I went, ah, it meant, you know, kiss me. Yes. <laughs> it's like, instead of just being an adult, that's like, hi, yeah. I need love. Yeah. Hi, I need to be kissed. Yes. Like these kinds of things. So I feel like I'm a really good communicator yeah. and I've gone to a lot of therapy. And <laughs> so I know how to like express mm-hmm. my feelings and how to ask for what I need. Um, and yet even then, sometimes it's hard for them to be vulnerable enough. Yeah to hold that space for you. That's what we've been talking about in our marriage recently is holding space for each other. And I don't need men like to fix things. It's not just a joke. Yeah. It's really what they like to do. And I am married to a very old fashioned man, like raised by very old fashioned parents. And even I, as like, I bounce back between like Mrs. Banks and Mary Poppins, like cast off the shekels, like women's (laughs) rights to like, hi, what would you like for dinner? Like, I like both. Do you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm here for both. I'm here for the feminist and like all the things. Right. So I bounce back and forth. So I have to be very clear about how I feel that day and which one I am. Yeah. <laughs> which wife he's dealing with yes. at the moment. Am yeah. I the feminist who wants to be left alone and do it all by yeah. myself? Yeah. Or am I like the cater to your needs kind yeah. of wife? So yeah. communication is key. Yeah. I think you're so smart that you asked for what you needed. And I even just last night I was laying, I'd been sick yesterday and I was like, it reminds you every time you're sick or every time you don't feel good, it can sort of trigger these feelings of when you were sick and you didn't feel good. I know. And so I was laying there and I was like, wanting him to come in the room and to hold me Mm -hmm. and he didn't and so I was like do I get mad (laughs) do I just like text him like how dare you not understand that this is what I need but we have been talking very clearly Mm -hmm. about what our needs are so I just text him because I didn't want to get up that was too vulnerable right and I said hey I really wish that you would come in here and just hold me for a second like I just want to be held and it is really uncomfortable to ask for that like no it really is and I consider myself an evolved well-spoken person with lots Mm -hmm. of therapy, but I still didn't want to ask for what I needed. I wanted him to just know. And so throughout miscarriage and throughout loss, I just have learned that asking specifically for what I need, but also cutting him some slack. So I am the woman. I feel the greater pain, I believe. And I deserve from my spouse specifically to have that weights and balance where he is going to give me a little bit more grace. Whereas maybe in the beginning of our marriage, I gave him more grace or last month I gave him more grace. Right now I need some more grace and I need your feelings to come after mine if that's okay. And I ask for that specifically. Hey, I know you need this. 
and I repeat back, you need blah, blah, blah. Because sometimes intimacy can be difficult after a loss. Um, It's triggering to me to feel like I failed every time I have sex and don't get pregnant. And then it's triggering to me to have it, get pregnant and experience pain. So now there's some things associated. So I have to say, I hear you. I know what you need. Is this what you need? Yeah, that's what I need. I'm working on it. I need this and this, and I'm going to have to ask you to give me a little more space for a second while I heal from the trauma and from the hurt and from the pain and from the loss differently than you're healing from it. Oh my gosh. I have a thousand questions in my yes, head right okay, now. Good. About you love the after. relationship <laughs> stuff. I feel like she loves the relationship stuff. I'm into it. Go, go for it, Sarah. No, you probably don't want to answer this, but do you feel like it does change your like intimate life for a minute after yes. you do lose? Like, is it more calculated? Like, are you in your head more? And you know what I mean? Yeah. There's two things. One is when you're trying and you're infertile, there's a very calculated calendar-based sex life. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're very intimate only when it's good. And the fertility doctor will teach you about that. It's not good to have like it every single day because then it's too empty and they're too new of sperm. We need like the strong swimmers after like two. So it gets very technical, very technical. Then you're doing IUI where there's no sex at all. In fact, once I made a joke on Instagram, uh, that I was getting pregnant with my daughter in the room. People were like, that's so inappropriate. I'm like, yeah, she's literally sitting right here and they're putting, we didn't have a babysitter. What do you want from me? She's only three. Um, so there's been these awkward moments, but it becomes very scheduled and rigid and that takes away the fun. Then there can be loss and trauma associated with it. And I actually learned that we went to couples therapy for the first time ever. I'd done a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy on my own, but after the losses and and truthfully, like our intimate life, even just conversation, physical touch and sex, I was like, let's go talk to somebody because we just keep coming to the same impasse. We work really hard on our marriage. And I actually, if I had a resume, I would put, I'm a really good wife because it's really important to me to be. So I didn't necessarily learn that growing up. It's something I really try at. Um, And so he's on board. He's so evolved and so smart and he doesn't come by it naturally necessarily to communicate, but he really wants to learn. So we were in for it. So we went to a therapist and that's the first time it came up that I was having negative associations with intimacy and sex because. I felt like a failure every single time. So if we didn't do it very much, I could say, oh, well, I didn't get pregnant because we didn't even really have sex that much. Sucks to be him for sure. (laughs) But I was protecting myself at his expense. Then we, while we were in therapy, I had my fourth miscarriage or my third miscarriage of our fourth kid. And I um, realized that the pain and the trauma now I'm scared. Oh, I'm damned if I do and damned if I don't. Right. Yes. And so I didn't know what to do and how to process that. And that's we're actually still working on that. And that's where open communication, yeah. asking for what I need. But also I really am trying to not force him to be something that he's not. Yeah. hundred percent. Because it comes very naturally for me to ask, but just because I can ask for what I need doesn't mean he's just going to be able to give it to me. I wish he would. Yeah. <laughs> I wish he could. But it's hard. It's hard to give something that's really important to you, to your wife, to trust and to love her enough to heal and not want to fix it yourself. Yeah. So well said. I wanted, like, one of the things I wanted to ask you was, like, what was your, like, what's your best advice you've been given? But, like, all of that is such good advice. This is all just so relative to anybody, though. Yeah. In their marriage and in their intimacy and their their situation. So, no, I thought that was perfect. Oh, yeah. And I think everybody's, like, we all relate to that. At some point or another, whether it's got to do with infertility or... Absolutely. Yeah, just your relationship and asking what you need. Yeah. I mean, um, I feel like 
just seeing you over the last few months and everything, um, I feel like you have come to a really peaceful place. And uh, I mean, what is the the best way that you have found that peaceful place? Like what got you there? Yeah. Is it Thai? Is it your friends? Is it the therapy? Like what has really grounded you right now? There's sort of a couple of steps and I learned about it in therapy and I'll be quick so that people are still listening to us after this great long conversation. <laughs> we don't want them to miss anything. I first usually do something manic, to be honest, and yeah. intentionally. I painted my entire office green and interior design is what I do for my job. And it's not just what I do for my job. It's what fills my soul right. as an individual, not as a wife, not as a mom, but as Jade, just an individual human being. So first I do something that takes all night and hurts my neck and, <laughs> and takes all my creativity. And I just pour in to a project. And that's what makes me feel joy at first. Then that inevitable high comes down and you're still in your reality. Um, then I seek literally, I love therapy. I love reading books. I love, um, reading my scriptures for peace. And then I go inward and I go to my savior and I sort of just, especially with this last loss, I was going to look to my friends and my husband and my mom, even, and my sister, nobody knows. None of them have experienced this. And even if you have experienced miscarriage and loss, nobody sat on that houseboat with me and felt that panic, scared feeling that I had. So who knew? The Savior. He's the only one who knew. Yes. So I got on my knees. I've been more prayerful than I've ever been in my life to just sort of heal the hurt and move forward. Because the worst thing we can do for our kids, for our future kids, for our love, for our husbands, for ourselves, is to stay in a sad place. I don't like being sad. I like being happy. Mm -hmm. I choose happy all of the time over sad. So some days it looks differently. Some days it's a project. Some days it's getting on my knees and that's how I move forward. Yeah. And we've talked a lot about this on our podcast here and there, but like coming to that realization that like, if you don't want to stay in that place, yeah. the work it requires, mm -hmm. like the self-reflection it takes, like maybe you do have to seek therapy, like all of those things. Yep. It, it does require like you to change and you have to do the work first. And it it's really a hard does. pill to swallow sometimes. Especially when you're feeling sad and yeah. it's easy to feel the victim because I right. certainly didn't ask oh, yeah. for miscarriage and loss. I certainly didn't ask. And I could do that with my husband. I could make him the bad guy. Well, I didn't ask for this. And, you know, stop coming at me. <laughs> I don't want yeah. to do this. Yeah, I'm, right. I don't want to. But that doesn't keep me healthy. That doesn't keep me living. That doesn't keep me creative. It doesn't keep me growing. And the whole point of life is to grow. If I've learned anything from my infertility, it's A, that I have more in common with people than I ever knew possible. And that sharing your story is the greatest thing you can do, even if it's at the grocery store, even if it's, you don't have to have an Instagram account to share your story. You just have to have human beings in your life, share it with them, talk to them and feel seen and feel loved. Um, and then number two is just to choose to be happy. Like no matter what happens, I can handle it. I have a great family great support system. And I've learned how to use my voice as a woman and ask for what I need. I love oh, that. Perfectly said. And that is so true. We just have to choose to be happy. We all have our challenges and it may not be infertility. We all have our obstacles, but every day we just have to get up and be the mom of the family mm -hmm. and the head of the household and just choose to be happy. That oh, was so perfect. I, I love, love that. that. Jade, thanks for coming. You are so welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. Will Jade, you come back? Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, I'll come back anytime you want. We haven't <laughs> even talked interior design yet. We'll I know. Well, tell us really quick about Finders Keepers. And I mean, you are just so fun on Instagram. The Jade Bennett is her handle. Thank you. So yeah, tell us about Finders Keepers real quick. Just kind of how yes. that's evolved over the last few years for you. That will literally be a whole nother podcast someday. We'll have to talk about it because I'm the accidental businesswoman, but I love creating home 
uh, space for my own family. I believe that we as women spend 90% of our time in our homes growing and learning with each other and with our families. We're currently in your home running a baller podcast business. Um, I run my business from my home. So I believe that taking time to invest in your home um, doesn't have to cost a lot of money, but it does have to cost a lot of heart. And that living where you love helps increase the quality of your life, your mental health, and everything that's good in the world. So Mm -hmm. yeah, on Instagram, we talk about those things. I have a monthly subscription where women can subscribe. I've taught so many classes, shelf styling, pillow styling, um, how to pick rugs that are there as resources for women to start implementing some love into their own home, some intention through interior design. Oh, I love that. Yeah. She does a great job. She offers some classes, go check her out. And I think the best thing is that you really are just, even if like you don't have a natural knack for those things. You're really inspiring. You really like, I feel like encourage women to take pride in, in what they have. And like you said, it's like, I've seen you, I've seen you say on there, it's not about the budget. It's just about like, you know, working with what you have and making it better and what you love and love to be there. And so I love that so much. I love that so much. Well, Jade, you, um, Oh, we're not letting you go yet. Yeah. We've got our hit and misses. Oh yeah. I got mine. I think, um, man, just, I could listen to you all day. I really could. You have just really, I think, touched a lot of people with your experience. And I think also like, like I was, I joked the other day, I feel like these are my therapy sessions. When I sit here on the podcast and I get to chat with somebody, it like makes me want to go and be better and be a better wife or be a better mom. And so I love love everything you said. I love that. Okay. Let's wrap it up like we do do every single week with our hit and miss of the week. And Jade, this is just like your mom hit and your mom fell. Or it can really be anything. Life hit, yeah. life fell. Yeah, okay, um, Lo, we'll start with you. What yeah, was your hit of the hit week? My hit this week is um, on Saturday. And it's kind of silly, but on Saturday, we got the whole family out in the front yard and we were pulling weeds yes. and we are teaching Tristan to mow the lawn <laughs> and we were raking and really, like we were out there for like two or three hours awesome. and my kids were doing it. Good I job. was like, finally, some child labor here. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm not doing it. George is out here by himself for They're hours. They're finally earning their keep yes. around here. 100. Earning their yes. keep. Exactly. It. So it was, um, it was awesome and we got a lot of work done and I was proud of them. They actually like did it without too much murmuring. Oh, I love that murmuring. (laughs) What's your hit, Jade? My hit is similar. It was doing our pantry this week. We, I gutted it by myself, which made me feel powerful. And then on Saturday, Ty finished building the shelves, which getting a husband to finish like a a to-do list, a project on your timeline was kind of a miracle. Yeah, yeah. It's so cute. And my kids did give me great praise. My daughter came in and was like, mom, this pantry. I was like, It looks awesome. She posted about it. It's really cute. Yeah, that is in my feed. Yeah, it's cute. It's just a cute pantry. It's functional and it's cute. Oh, I love that. that. We need to go check it out or go see it. Okay. My hit for the week is I finally canceled my satellite TV provider. Yes. Um, and I jumped on board Disney plus and I just got YouTube TV. Okay. Have you heard of this? No. Okay. Yeah, tell us I, what that is. I just need to put a PSA out there Let's for everybody. Do it. This is not you, sponsored by YouTube. No, <laughs> come on. We wish. <laughs> not an ad, but we wish it would be, but YouTube TV. Okay. It's $49 a month. Okay. No contract. It's live television and it's all of the networks that you want it's disney abc cbs fox news and how much espn 49 a bravo is bravo Um, on there i think so it's literally it is literally like the hit list that you want it's not 
300 channels, like most of the satellite. It's literally those. like 40, 50 channels, but it's all the hot ones that you like want, okay? You get to stream it up to five devices. Oh, oh wow. So they lock it down on device, kind of like Netflix and stuff does. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's no commitment. I'm like so thrilled with it. You get to DVR on the cloud unlimited. Oh, right. Key. I'm like, you need to go, go do this because I'm literally. Have? I'm at Cox still. Yeah, it's you're like at Cox. I'm at Dish right now. Yeah, I had Dish as well. It got ridiculously stupid expensive. They raise the price every time, right? Yeah. And I'm oh, and I already have like every other streaming service. Yeah, me so too. So I found the YouTube TV thing. It's a hey. separate app on your smart TV. It's I YouTube it. TV. Go look it up. Okay, you, you will die. I'm gonna die. Okay. There you go. I'm There's literally so happy right now. Yeah, I'm not Mike kidding. Drop. Mike, tr- Mike literal, drop. drop that thing. Okay, um, <laughs> uh, let's do misses now. What is your miss, Lo? Um, my miss is that Chick-fil-A <gasps> is now $5 a kid's meal. I'm dying. And their menu's all whack. Come on, Chick-fil-A. The chicken strips off. I, I That's going to break your microphone. I was like, excuse me, I would like a four count not spicy chicken strip. They I don't know. have them. I know. Yeah. That's it's George's Ari- favorite. That's the only thing he gets. It's only in Arizona, North Carolina as a test subject. Well, oh my Chick-fil-A, God. we don't like it. Change yeah. it back. We don't like it. Five oh dollar um, kids meals there. That's I was ridiculous. like, oh, that's like painful. Yeah. Literally one more nugget. You're paying over a dollar more. Please, no, thank you. Oh my gosh. I was dying no. when I saw that this weekend. For me, it would be 20 bucks in kids meals. Like that's for my four crazy. kids. Oh, I, I mean, no, I yeah, don't know. And I major. love Chick-fil-A. Filet. I am a huge advocate for them, but their new menu is throwing me. I was bugged. I'm going to be honest. Yes, yes that could I know. easily have been my miss this week. I know. Yeah, good well, miss. I like that one because yeah. we're all feeling you on that one. Yeah. Okay. What's your miss, Jade? My miss is that yesterday, moms will love this one. Is that I was taking a test to check my gut health. I had to fast for 24 hours. I wanted to oh. ask about this. Yeah. My brain thought it was going to explode, and my detoxing from food nearly killed me. I end up throwing up and peeing myself all at the same time. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. You should. Home alone. I thought I was going to die in a puddle of my own pee, smelling like my own throw up. So if you have not had children, you may not pee when you throw up. But if you have had even one child, I believe that your bladder then pees. It's like I couldn't figure out. I knew it was coming. And I was trying to figure out how to stop one or the other. There's like there's too many orifices here. Yes. And it was like, my hair was falling in the toilet. I'm like, I can't live my life like that. I'm gonna die. So yes. I just want you to know that that was a very big miss oh of my, my week. Was just sitting in my own bodily Sarah, fluids. It reminds me of when you were detoxing for our um uh, our. This sounds terrible. What Doctor Oz? Our Doctor yeah. Oz. What is that thing the called? Cleanse. A detox. I guess it was called yeah, cleanse. cleanse. A detox. Yeah. She did a cleanse too, and like the first day she was straight sick too, like I'm off like, a soda and just it all was, sorts. It was caffeine. It was for caffeine. Hundred percent. Yours was probably, probably a lot of caffeine. caffeine too. I tried to like fudge the system by like drinking caffeine up till the minute and like doing the, and the bad news was too is I took a spin class fasting oh, <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. So it's my own fault I think. Yeah. But I had to breathe into these tubes and I didn't make it to tube number nine because I barfed and I had to eat food. Like I couldn't. Oh my gosh. Even you guys. It was I was like that's incredible. Sugar and oh, caffeine. I'm yeah. sorry. Oh my gosh. Oh, That's I'm sorry. Huge. I survived though. Feeling much better. Good. Good. I'm so glad. Um, okay. Well, my miss of the week is I had, well, I'm undergoing vein surgery for my yeah. crazy varicose veins from all my babies. That stinks. I'm going to tell the story on here eventually, but it's literally like an eight week process and I'm undergoing laser therapy, the injections, and then I wrap it all up with a phlebectomy. 
surgery. Sounds I just, terrible. Anything with in those six weeks inside your body, no. it just sounds so painful. Yeah, they're but legit going to cut a hole in my knee <laughs> and put a hook, and they're going to rip a no. vein out. No. And she said it hurts, and I'm no. so – I've literally been limping for Yeah, no, a, I know. She's now. been – yes. Um, I'm it, Just crip- I'm crippled here. Yeah, I'm a hot mess. So tune in later for that story. My question for you is, don't they hurt, though – in your body, like they're not only just large, but they're oh, painful. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. that's why I'm having that's yeah, why you're doing it. Yeah, because I just couldn't, been uncomfortable. I couldn't been on my my babies just wrecked me, and yeah. it got worse <laughs> with every single pregnancy. Yeah. And it it was really bad the week of my period. It had something to do with my hormones, but every single day my leg was just throbbing and it yeah, felt heavy, good. really heavy, and just hurting. And I quit talking about it after a while because years and years and years of the same thing, you almost get used to it. Totally. But like you now I've got to. a different pain from no, this. So I know. anyway, I'm just a It'll mess. all be worth it. Yeah, know, it, it will be. be. So it, that's, it will be. that's my miss right now, but... It's it's going to be great. Oh, so, anyway, okay, Jade. Well, that's it. That's what we have for you I today. Loved it. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you. And thanks for being so honest and real with us. And we hope that if you're listening, that we hopefully struck a chord and you can relate with you know one of us. Here. Yeah, absolutely. Feel free to reach out to us. Um, we're mostly on Instagram throughout the day. Yeah. We're at the Mom Boys Podcast. Jade is at the Jade Bennett. If you have any questions for her, make yeah. sure to go follow. As you can tell, she's a fun one. She's a fun one to watch and keep up with um and yeah if like i said if you don't mind make sure you subscribe for all of our updates and um go leave a rating and review if you enjoyed the episode okay and that will do us for this one all right thanks guys later bye-bye